Man, Jess, that was awesome. Yeah, thank you, Jesse. That was incredible. Just go here, I'll go around. Musical chairs. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to knock CJ's TV over it as I slow down. That would be that would be awesome. All right, well, church. Uh, so glad to be with you guys this morning. Uh, we have done this format, interestingly enough, just one other time. Does anybody remember the last time we did this format, where we did Q&A over Scripture? Our last service in person. <laughs> Our last <laughs> all the church. unrestricted Understood. service yeah. in person. So I have a theory, guys. If that was what caused all this to happen, maybe this is the reset button. Amen. And <laughs> Magically tomorrow, the world will be set back to normal, the church will not be on fire, <laughs> everything just goes straight back to normal. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Uh, as most of you guys know, over the last, well, I guess it was March, so uh, what were we talking about, eight months here? We've been walking through the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is our last Sunday in it, together. And how we're going to close that is we're going to do a question and answer time together. So, if you would like to submit questions for us to answer, you get to put your elders on the spot this morning. This is your big chance. If you've ever wanted to play the game, stump the elders. <laughs> Here is That's your opportunity. We're going to take about the next 30 to 40 minutes to answer your questions. So, if you would like to submit a question to us, it's really easy. You can go to slido.com, S-L-I-D-O.com, or if you're really fancy and you have a device, it's S-L-I.D-O. It will ask you for a code, and it's literally just the well. Capital T, capital W, one word, the well, and you can submit questions. We are asking, please keep them to Ecclesiastes or scripture we've studied during this time. We would love to have lots of questions about uh, other issues going on around us. We would love to talk with you about uh, your free political agency. belief and uh, <laughs> yes, free agency in the NBA and how the Blazers are doing. But we would ask that we keep those meetings to coffee meetings or Zoom meetings. And then this time that we just get together, uh, I'm actually going to put the address to submit your questions in the chat right now if I can do it. It's working. I'm so excited. Some of you are listening well. I can see a couple of questions coming through already. Oh, I put the wrong address. I'm reading. Oh, okay. Autocorrect. All right. Slido.com, hashtag the well. Uh, if you are having any trouble, just text Eric Davis personally. <laughs> <laughs> he will walk you through it. Yes. <laughs> All right, there are a couple of questions coming through, uh, so uh, let's just start walking through them. Uh, the first question that does come through, I'll just throw out, it's, it's for everybody. Uh, and the question is, what was each of your major takeaways 
from Ecclesiastes. What was each of your major takeaways from Ecclesiastes? Justin, just because I love it when I get to put you on the spot, uh, why don't you kick us off? Okay. So this is going to sound rehearsed, but it really isn't. It's something I've been thinking about quite a bit. Um, I think you can summarize Ecclesiastes in four Fs. (laughs) Man is fallible, man is foolish, and man is finite. And the remedy for that is to fear God and keep his commandments. We shouldn't give in to our fallibility. We shouldn't give in to our foolishness. We shouldn't give in to our finiteness. We should look to the eternal. And the way that we do that is by fearing God and keeping his commandments. Mm. Next question. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it said each of you to be oh, fair. Wow. Okay. So uh, does anybody have other thoughts or other takeaways that they had? Everybody had different moments where they were studying and teaching. Are there major takeaways that, that other of you took away from it? Well, I took away from this that uh, life is is sweet. Mm. Mm. It it is so sweet, yet it is so fleeting. Mm-hmm. You know, it is that is compared to be a vapor mm-hmm. that is here today and gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. However, we have the sweetness of Christ mm-hmm. that helps us through the, the tough times in life. Amen. And this life, this life is a sweet vapor that just comes and goes. So let's enjoy. The life that we have now. Hmm. Really good. I think. Oh, go ahead, Eric. No, I think um, you know uh, this is, is nothing profound, but I think just the uh, the preacher's whole thought process, asking all these questions, and basically it was verbal processing of a, a lifetime of, of of thoughts and and reflections and. Wisdom beyond mm-hmm. beyond us, but I think um, for me, I related to him in that the many many questions in life from childhood to to uh, the current questions I can still hold as as this fourth quarter of of my life um, that it's 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 the human side of of, of this amazing individual who clearly had his own issues, but the human side of all those reflections and yet the conclusion of the matter, uh, Stan already referred to the, the, the sweetness of, of life, but also the, um, you know, the, um, how fleeting it is. Mm-hmm. And truly in this fourth quarter, I can say life, life goes by pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to jump into a yes. Ferris Bueller quote here, but <laughs> because that wouldn't be, uh, from Ecclesiastes, but anyway, uh, but it really does go fast. And your reflections on, on life in general, I, I, it's so much of what he said resonated with me because not necessarily that I had the kind of deep reflections that, that, that Solomon had, but that um, these are thoughts that we all continue to think in every stage of life about the mysteries of God and the, the mysteries of God working in our lives, his providence and his sovereignty. But I love the very end. And the reality is the conclusion that he came to is the same conclusion I think that we all come to and have to come to is that, you know, fear God and keep his commandments, embrace the sovereignty of God. In reality, not necessarily we'll never know some of the answers to some of these mysteries of life and even what is happening in our own life, but that we can trust in a good God who is sovereign and has the best of intentions uh, for us. Amen.
Well, I think along with that, like to me, like the, the one word that rings out to me about Ecclesiastes is the word humility, mm -hmm. and that yes. that is just a theme that runs throughout. Yeah. And and particularly in light, like you know, the, the preacher talks a lot about the um, how we are so small in comparison to but the timelessness of mm -hmm. things. Like you know, we are just a blip in time. Yeah. We're just a blip in the entire universe that we are mm -hmm. we are a part of, mm -hmm. and. Um, and then in light of that, we're also incredibly small compared to who God is. So, you know, we there is all this striving that I'm prone to, to try to, like, earn my way through life or try to, you know, make my something of myself. It, I appreciate Ecclesiastes just putting me in my place yeah. and also pointing me mm -hmm. to what is really eternal and what really matters. Yeah. And, and all of that, just you know, for someone who tends towards the arrogant, it's really a great message mm -hmm. to... Yes. Be be reminded to be humble yeah. and to really appreciate what's really important. Amen. Amen. Yeah, for me, if I live for any, if, if I'm living for money, if I'm living for success, if I'm living for possessions, if I'm living for uh, wisdom, even as good as and important as wisdom is, uh, I will be sadly disappointed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. because all of those things are fleeting and passing. Uh, and so therefore, if I live for anything but God mm. and his truth, I will be a very disappointed man at the end of my life and then into eternity. And therefore, if I fear God, to Eric's point, and keep his commandments, yeah. regardless of everything else that happens, it will be good. Mm. And that's my big takeaway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because... Um, other than CJ, everybody here has a day job, and it's almost driven, you know, in you to get more, to yeah. achieve more, mm -hmm. to take the next step. Mm -hmm. And we see in Ecclesiastes that the preacher says, I've got more than anybody. Mm -hmm. I've got more money. I've got more stuff. I've got more people. I've got more wives. I've got everything. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it did nothing for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's such a reminder, especially in a time where we're in a different world economically because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. where that, that the goal is not to run after and get more stuff, it's to run after Christ. Mm -hmm. And that is such a, a beautiful and, and yet, in God's way, gentle reminder, hey, listen, let's keep the main thing the main thing, mm -hmm. the, the eternal versus the temporal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots of questions coming through. If you want to put yours in, again, it's slido.com with the uh, the hashtag or the event code, the well. Hmm. T and W are capitalized, one word. A um, lot of good questions, so I'm going to try to get through as many as I can. Uh, what was the most challenging part of Ecclesiastes to preach? Hmm. For anybody, hmm. when you looked at this. I mean, for me, it was the first time I've ever wrestled with wisdom scripture that I'm teaching with. So that came with its own challenges. Mm. I think for me, it was having to dig in uh, into, okay, I, I kind of get what's being said here, but I need to reset and figure out what's really going on in the preacher's world as these things are being recorded. You know, what are we looking at historically? Um, you know, what, what is, what's the true, what, what's the point he's trying to make here in writing this down? Because it's easy I mean, it's what did Tim Beatty say? Uh, if, if Proverbs is here, you just flip mm -hmm. it and say, but 
or you know the yeah but to problems, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, it was tough sometimes wrestling with stuff that was really difficult and sad, and remembering that the gospel is the ultimate answer to Ecclesiastes. I had to reset for myself mm -hmm. many times. Too. Yeah. What about you guys? Well, for me, it, it was the fact that um, there was so much of my life that there was regret. You know, I, I feel like I gave up so many opportunities to glorify God in different stages of my life. And this reminds us, no matter what stage in your life you are, you can still glorify God wherever you are. And you still have that opportunity as long as you have breath in your body. I think CJ as the primary, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. most of it, I, I think he, yeah. No, it was, uh, uh, the extended sections where there was no kind of consistent main idea. Mm -hmm. right? yes. Those were difficult, where you kind of had a lots of different directions that the preacher was going, and to kind of synthesize that all into one consistent theme was difficult, mm -hmm. with some success and some failure. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I think especially... And again, the verse—I uh, think I only—I only had the verses I had were pretty straightforward. But I think uh, just in the sermon prep, that challenge that CJ is describing—how do you, how do you have one main idea, one main point to leave leave the uh, congregation with when it's all over the map as it relates to different directions? Yeah, awesome. Mm -hmm. I think it was also challenging just to wrestle with the things that were. Um, you know, the sarcastic things, the things mm -hmm. that yeah. were sort of tongue in cheek oh, to right. kind of lead you down one way to, to kind of bring you back to, you know, the sort of the extremes that the, the preacher uses in order to make a point. Um, sometimes that was somewhat difficult to sort of tease out and, and make sure you weren't kind of going down mm -hmm. that wrong path or understanding mm -hmm. that that was the intent was to be sarcastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've got one that I think we can answer pretty quick. Uh, so I'll kick it to whoever wants to, to answer it. Good question. What are we studying next? <laughs> I hope it's not from like a, I'm done with Ecclesiastes. <laughs> but CJ, would you like to tell the, uh, the congregation what, yes. what's next? Can I read the first words of this next please. book? Please. Actually, please. Our Dr next book, Dr which, roll. Will, which roll. will start next week, we'll start the intro to. Let me just read the first words, and then you'll know why it's such a good book for this season. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Yes! That's it! We're doing the book of John, the supremacy and exaltation of Jesus Christ above all things, so that we might believe. That's the point of the book of John. We'll start the intro next week. Awesome. Nice. All right. Uh, Stan, uh, yes. I'm going to throw it to you because you brought it up. Okay. Uh, but everybody, please jump in. How do you properly prioritize pursuing Christ while enjoying life? Without becoming legalistic. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> They're listening, guys. They're listening. <laughs> well, you know, the first thing is to is to approach life with prayer, you know, and seek God's guidance as to what you should be doing, when you should be doing it, and how you should be doing it. And if you want to be legalistic about this stuff, then you totally miss the point. We have to be led by the Spirit. And I've, I've learned that the Spirit speaks to us in so many different ways. So we need to be open to God's calling in our lives and be willing to follow him wherever he wants to lead us. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. And that's an overtime view, not the fourth quarter. This is overtime. <laughs> I like it. There's a lot of wisdom in this room. Does anybody else have a piece to, to chip in there? How we can prioritize enjoying life, pursuing Christ without being legalistic. I think just allowing our worldviews to be shaped by Scripture first mm-hmm. and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a kind of an easy answer, but it is quite difficult, I think, to do that. But when scripture is shaping and forming your worldviews, um, it, it, it tends to help, it, it tends to keep us in that tension of enjoying life, being thankful for what God has given us, not resorting or re- resorting to legalism, rather, uh, a biblical worldview, just soaking in tons and tons and tons of scripture above everything else, I think is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I was just going to say, we need to be willing to change. As God reveals to us what he wants with us, and as we see something different in Scripture that we thought was there, <laughs> we have to be willing to change and follow God's leading and not our hearts. Wow. That's really good. Um, I'm, I'm constantly reminded of Deuteronomy, uh, God's, um, you know, uh, through Moses, uh, the Deuteronomy 8. Uh, remembering the Lord your God, and I can't read it all, wish I could. If you have a chance, read Deuteronomy 8. But it's kind of summed up in one verse, and I would say it. Uh, Ecclesiastes is kind of summarized by this same thing, and that is um, uh, verse um, 18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this as it is this day. And then the warnings about forgetting the Lord your God, forgetting that it was God who brought them out of slavery, brought them out of Egypt, that it was God who fed them in the wilderness, and that it was God who gives them the power to get wealth. And I think that Ecclesiastes, that, that John talked about the, the humility, recognizing the yeah. fact that, like, like the, the preacher said, the source of all that I have is God and unto him it is due. And I think it keeps us, if we remember as God commanded through, through Moses, the, the children of Israel um, to remember him in all things that literally we are like a glove and he is the hand. And if the hand is removed, the glove can do nothing. And so I think always recognizing God's sovereignty and God's providence in our lives and that his spirit lives within us, giving us the, the ability to do anything and everything that we uh, do certainly will keep us um, humble before him and 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 uh, having the correct perspective in life in general. Oh, so good, Eric. Well, and it's yeah. what we've talked about at the well for a long time. It's the heart of the gospel. If you know that you can't earn anything to gain your own righteousness, 
you can't earn any way to make yourself good, that fundamentally we are bent towards doing things for our own benefit rather than the benefit of others. Mm. Doing, We're bent towards doing wrong things if it weren't for the grace of God and for his righteousness covering mm. us. And, uh, and I think, I mean, that informs everything that we do uh, and can change whether we do something so that we can, uh, you know, earn our place in the kingdom as opposed to uh, doing things to bless others in the kingdom. And uh, if we know that everything we get is by the grace of God, then I think the way that we go about things yeah. completely changes. Yeah. And the way we approach scripture, the way we approach all of our disciplines, totally changes. Okay. You guys, we've got a ton of questions yeah. here. Uh, I'm going to get to as many as we can. Uh, we'll, we'll take probably two or three more. Uh, but there's a lot. And I'll tell you this, uh, and this is this is what we talked about some time ago. At the end of today, there's going to be a lot of questions, clearly, that I can't get to because you guys are amazing and interactive and, and doing such a great job grabbing onto the scripture and being a part of our service today. Anything that we don't get to, I'm going to assign to these guys, and maybe we'll just put it on the Facebook page hmm. and say, hey, here's a question we didn't get to. Justin, speak in. John, speak in. Hmm. Eric, Stan, CJ. And because I'm organizing it, I don't have to do any of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so many great questions. The next one on here that I wanted to throw out to the group, is there a way to reconcile the personal failure of the preacher in his life? Does his advice seem hypocritical in light of his abandonment of his wisdom? So you see there's you know, multiple times in the scripture where we see uh, I'm pursuing this. Uh, and then you see it as a failure, and I'm pursuing this, and I see it as a failure. How do you guys reconcile watching, really, so many so many shortcomings, uh, and then, you know, just, just the life of that? I think you can learn a lot through failure. Yes. Thank you, Roy. And I think because we serve a God that is a, he is a forgiving God, that he gives us grace, mm-hmm. um, that it's important not just for the preacher to reconcile his failures and to learn from those things, but it, for us in our own lives, yeah. in the areas that we failed, what can we take away from that? What can we learn from it? How can we move forward? How can we, in some cases, give others the benefit of our failure and experience? Mm-hmm. What's, mm-hmm. The, what's that question again? So uh, is there a way to reconcile the personal failure of the preacher in his life? Uh-huh. Does his advice seem hypocritical in light of his abandonment of his wisdom? I mean, I think this this kind of, to me, gets to the part where we tend to elevate the preacher as somebody who would be a, a model person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do this a lot in Scripture. We make heroes out of out of the, the people who are in uh, in Scripture, and, and then we feel kind of like we moralize them to a level. And mm-hmm. often Scripture just highlights people who are broken just they, like yeah, us. Throughout. And I feel like the preacher is another one of those people. And, yes. and then this is what makes Ecclesiastes a complex piece of literature, is that you have to kind of analyze it and see what it's really saying and what are some of the overarching themes that it's trying to say. And in many ways, the preacher uh, exemplifies some of the things that are that are lacking in life and things that are missing. And it kind of forces us to ask the question, so is this all there is? And and I think that's where we, being, having the benefit of knowing Christ, we can fill that hole mm-hmm. and see it's it really is pointing us to Jesus, that there is this big hole in the world. If we do everything that we possibly can, we're going to find that we're missing out or missing something. Yeah. And, and that thing, it's God. 
And that, I think, at the end is what the author kind of closes with, is that it's, you know, there. If, even if you apply the most of wisdom, you still will find that things are lacking. And, uh, and, and what is remaining is that there is a great God that fulfills those things. The beautiful part is that, John, you, you just accidentally answered another question that oh, was on here. That was great. Uh, and I wonder if anybody else wanted to expand. How do you see the gospel in Christ in Ecclesiastes? Uh, yeah. John, I think that was beautiful. Any other thoughts on that? The one word that comes out for me is grace. Yeah. You know, first of all, you have to give yourself grace. Yeah. Then you can give grace to others that, that, that desperate because we all desperately need grace, and our failures are our greatest teacher. You know, when we're willing to humble ourselves and share our failures with those who may be struggling. I see the gospel, I think, in two, two ways. There are lots of ways. One is uh, the teaching of Ecclesiastes. Jesus confirms, you know, shines light on, takes deeper. It's all over the teaching of Jesus, where you see it reverberate, the mm -hmm. teaching of Ecclesiastes. And then the other thing is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 24. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. That Christ is the perfect personification of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And Ecclesiastes is wisdom literature. So Jesus is the perfection of the mm -hmm. wisdom talked about in Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a, there's so many great questions. I'm, I'm really wrestling with which one we're going to get to. Uh, okay, so someone asks, a time for everything, and fear God and obey his commandments. How do you as elders feel God is calling us to respond to the current events in our world? Mm. Uh, I would love just a moment on that. <laughs> I think we are called to wrestle with and live out a pursuit of Christ above all else. Mm -hmm. There are so many temptations to chase down these things uh, that are, are built to make us feel a certain way. Hmm. When's the last time you spent any significant time on Facebook and you felt good? Mm -hmm. But we're drawn to it and we chase it and we seek out just different opinions mm -hmm. and, and fights in these, these sad pieces in our lives. Uh, we seek out politics to bring us some comfort. Like if we if we just select the right candidate, everything is going to change and be all right. We seek out a movement. If we can attach ourselves to a movement, then we're going to feel fulfilled and active and useful. And when it says here, a time for everything, fear God and obey his commandments, mm -hmm. that to me is a call that above all of the fake and phony gospels that want to get thrown out there, mm -hmm. That the one pursuit must be Christ. Mm -hmm. Nothing else will satisfy. Mm -hmm. Nothing else will do. It is Christ. It is meeting him at the cross. Allowing him to completely overtake your heart. And then viewing everything through that gospel lens. And realizing that the person that is disagreeing with you in our current events, in our current world, is an image bearer of God. If they don't know Christ, they have not received that that new beginning. Mm -hmm. And if your brother or sister 
is uh, in Christ and they're disagreeing with you, then find the place where you do agree, which is that Jesus is our Savior, that he died to bring us together as one family. And one day, we're going to leave all this garbage that divides us, and we're going to worship with them in heaven. And that is the main thing. I would I would say um, uh, in response to what John was saying, but just uh, uh, an attitude of humility, mm-hmm. humility and trusting in God and His sovereignty, and, mm-hmm. and and both of those things don't mean inaction; they mean moving forward. Yeah. I was trying to find the scripture, the one I wanted to read. I think is in First Corinthians talks about shining like stars. I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. So our job. Mm-hmm is to, in, in, in these turbulent times or any times uh, in our lifetime, is, uh, is to, to be light and salt in this world and to do it from a perspective of humility so that, um, and I think it's First um, Peter that says, you know, that people might be drawn to ask us for the reason for the hope that we have. In these crazy times, how can we have hope? Yeah. And, and so I think that can only be accomplished um, referring back to what John said, uh, it, it, living a life of humility before God and before others, trusting in him and that, that knowing that God is above all things and that we're just, I think Ecclesiastes teaches us this. Our lifetime and this season in life and this season in the uh, history of the United States is just a blip mm-hmm. on the screen of history. Mm-hmm. Yes. But what is our responsibility and how do we respond? And I would say it's in humility and in a recognition of um, God's sovereignty and uh, doing what we can to, to yeah. be examples for Christ in this dark world. Can I just add on to that? I think some of the ways that we culturally are freaking out, including myself, <laughs> is because of our chronological and geographical privilege and arrogance. <laughs> if you read the Bible and if you look around the world, what we are currently experiencing is nothing new. Mm-hmm. It's new for Americans. It's new for some Americans. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that we, I freak out, is just an indication that we've had it so good. Mm-hmm. We've lived in Disneyland so long <laughs> that we forget what real life is like. Yeah. If you talk to our brothers and sisters in Haiti, Somalia, Burkina mm-hmm. Faso, China, North Korea, They'll, they'll look at us like, man, what are you tripping for? You've got it good. So I think it's an indication of, again, our some of our privilege and arrogance and, and humility and, and just realizing this is the norm for much of history mm-hmm. and the norm for many parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great question. Uh, what are our present day vanity of vanities? And what would God's remedy be? I mean, I don't think it's that different. I think it's still money. I think it's still power, success, and success and stuff and relationships. I mean, of all kinds, you know, we try to fulfill ourselves with all of these things that are temporary. And maybe all of them in and of themselves aren't bad, in and of themselves can be good. But when those become the object and the end in themselves, that becomes vanity. Uh, I mean, those are things that we idolize, particularly in our American society. But uh, maybe it's looking for, is there more detail than that? Or? 
I think one that might not have been called out specifically in Ecclesiastes, but is definitely one in our common day is perfectionism. That uh, we have, that many of us have sort of this idea of what perfect looks like, mm-hmm. and we sort of chase that. But you never achieve perfection, and so it, I think that's definitely a vanity that we we chase today. Can I ask you guys? Do you think that the goal of having an important voice is one of those things today? We see people trying to make their names more known, uh, participating in you know reality TV or being an influencer on social media. I just think of the mic drop phenomenon. Everyone's looking for their mic drop moment you know, <laughs> to say the thing that everyone's going to be quiet and walk away and be you know told what is and there isn't. I mean, I think that sense of wanting to be you know lifted up by saying the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, probably in modern times, the instant gratification yeah. is yeah. the vanity of vanities that they have. Kevin DeYoung wrote an article on the Gospel Coalition that talked about this very thing and the summation of it. It's okay to be quiet. <laughs> it's okay to go to work, love your family, serve in your local church, do the things that churches and Christians have done for thousands of years, you don't have to be loud. Mm-hmm. And just like relieving people of this sense, like, that I have to I have to have a voice. I have to... No, you don't. You don't, actually. Mm-hmm. God raises up voices and he quiets voices. It's okay for you just to love God and love your neighbor and to do so quietly. Mm-hmm. Wow. So That's good. great. That's good. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, uh, CJ, you emphasized fear God and obey his commandments for each age group. What does it mean to you to fear God and keep his commandments? Again, part two, without being legalistic. So uh, would you give us a, a 5,000-foot reminder or overview about the fear God and keep his commandments for the different ages? Oh, yeah. We kind of summed up the book with that. So... If you're a child, fear God and keep his commandments. If you're in tween or adolescent years, fear God and keep his commandments. University age, fear God and keep his commandments. So on and so forth. So we hit each of those different age demographics. And I think the point being there, it will look different. You know, we're in a phase of life that's soon to be 46 years old. Uh, You know, the things on our plate are different than they were when we were 24 years old or when we were 15 years old. But the idea that we were getting at is the things that are on your plate, fear God and keep his commandments. Let that be your true north, and that will set the trajectory of health and human flourishing. Even though our scenarios, like for Stan and me, it's going to look different. Our plates are different. The responsibilities are different. But our true north is the same. Yes. Can I ask a follow-up to that? Just to throw on that? No, you're not a slide-up. <laughs> I know, I'm not a slide-up. I think that what Mike Tripp folks up is the word commandments. Like, you know, commandments sounds like a list of rules that you need to follow. Yeah. So does it mean that every age group needs to be afraid and needs to... Uh, follow a set of rules. That's so good. So a good dad, so a good dad has kids. His kids are playing on the street. 
and let's say it's right over here on Albina, which is lots of cars come through. What kind of father lets his kids run out in the street without looking out in the street? A bad one. A good dad says, hey, son, hey, daughter, don't go near that corner because you're going to get run over. We actually had somebody run over about seven years ago on this street. Don't do it. So the commandment is not this mean, I'm going to kill your fun. It is the life-giving, protective goodness and joy. So I think how you define commandment is really important. Is it restrictive and kill joy, or is it life-giving and fruitful? God's commandments are always life-giving and fruitful. And God's commandments are not based on human exertion and will, but based on the empowerment of a changed heart, which is by grace, and the empowerment mm -hmm. of God the Holy Spirit, which is by grace. Mm -hmm. Gabby and Izzy, if you're watching, I want you to remember <laughs> CJ's words, that the rules are there because your father loves you. <laughs> That's right. They're going to hey. be, be so mad. Sad is the man or woman who lives life without rules. Mm -hmm. That's a disaster. The, the boundaries of Scripture are a gift. It is human flourishing to obey the words of our God. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also that word fear, uh, that, that projects the wrong image. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man, this is the question that just came through. Just go, yes. you got it. Yes, I mean, fear in this, in this instance it would, would say you need to respect, honor, and learn from a God who loves you and has given us these rules so that we can stay on the right path as we grow to different stages of our life. This is, it's just like, it's just like our, our one, our congregation, who loves Jesus so well, to submit this question right when you said that. Mm -hmm. The word fear tends to make people think of something to shrink back from. Mm -hmm. How would you mm -hmm. say fear of the Lord is an invitation uh, from Christ to draw near? <laughs> yes. So that's beautiful. And I think when you're in talking about stages of life also, I think your example of your kids is a great one. I think when you're young, the do not commandments tend to be the ones that you tend to focus on more because you don't really know boundaries. And, and so those are things that you have to grow in. But I find at this stage of my life, it's more the positive commandments that are more influential to me. It's you know, the commandment to love and honor my wife. It's the commandment to, you know, teach your children. You know, I forget the, I forget the scripture where it says, you know, teach your children when you're on the way, when you're in your home and, you know, and, and to, to focus on that in, in teaching my, my girls how to live in a godly way. Um, and then the commandments, you know, around ministry and, preach the gospel always, you know, and then those kind of things, you know, the, the idea that we're here not just for ourselves, but to be a light in the world, like Taj was talking about mm -hmm. last week, and to, to share our faith with others and to seek to, um, to make disciples who can make disciples also. Well, and it comes down to, you know, if you have accepted the gospel mm -hmm. and you are, you're, you know that your righteousness is based in Jesus mm -hmm. and not in your own works, you're suddenly free to do all the commandments without doing those things in order to somehow gain something for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're actually doing those things to be able to yeah. love other people yes. and to, you know, they are guidelines and, and helpful things in order to point to you, oh, this is how I love people. This is how I love people in mm -hmm. all phases of my life. And uh, and that is how Jesus fulfilled them was by understanding that those are you know loving acts rather than things that are going to somehow 
make me better or earn my my way to get get righteousness. Amen. The other thing about uh, fear is you were talking, Stan, that uh, I like the the idea of fear in the context of having awe and respect, of, of something yeah. and respect. Yeah, you know, I think respect. of I think of the story of uh, you know when Jesus was out on the boat and with his disciples and there was the storm and uh, and they suddenly like it says they feared him when he calmed them. It's more of like they were in awe of his power, oh, yes. in awe of his might. Mm-hmm. It was the sense of like just you know. He is powerful, but he's also, you know, just something to kind of admire and respect in that. So not someone to cross, not someone that you're going to want to, like, you know, talk back to, mm-hmm. uh, but someone who you you, you, would, you would respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, you guys, we are really, it's 11.15. We've gone for 45 minutes. We've answered a lot. Oh, wow, really? I know. It feels good. <laughs> uh, there, are, there are several questions in here that we didn't get to. Uh, we are leaving this open until tomorrow. So if you have more questions, feel free to submit. Looks like there's several that we're not going to get to today, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to try to answer every question that comes through. Guys, I'll, I'm going to ask one final question, and then we can pray together, and then we'll move into a time of communion and uh, bring Jesse back for just a moment. The question I want to close with, uh, I'm wrestling with the multiple authors piece. Any theories on who contributed to the book? Hmm. Yeah, it's clear. The textual evidence, to use that term, it is clear that that Solomon plays a particularly important role, um, although he never claims authorship, um, which has led to, to use commentators' language, Fanciful speculation. <laughs> if something is not, if there's any sort of an anonymity to the author, this somehow provides the seedbed for people to create all kinds of crazy theories, um, which I think goes back to humility. Um, it's it's clear Solomon is a is a his voice is predominant in the book. Who the author is and who it's not is not clearly spelled out for us. So it's okay to say we're not sure. Because if God wanted us to know for sure, then it would be for sure. So all the different speculation is fun, but sometimes I fear it just lacks humility. It's often people trying to outthink the other guy or the other woman and create their own theories of why they know the author is, who the author is. I love it. We asked Jesse this question at the beginning. He said, Jesse... Who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes? And I told Jesse, I'm going to quote you. Jesse said, the Holy Spirit. Without hesitation. Without hesitation. It runs circles around us, seminary training-wise. And just like, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, brother. Because that is the answer. We don't know the answer. Let's not get arrogant and foolish Mm. creating all these speculations that do no one any good. Let's just humble ourselves and submit to God and to his word and trust that the Holy Spirit gave this to us for our good. Family, we hope that you got something out of today. Uh, It's been an awesome time to wrestle with Ecclesiastes with you and with this amazing group of guys that uh, God has brought together for the good of our family. Uh, We love you. We miss you. We long to be with you. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. promise, we promise, we promise, we are working tirelessly to bring solutions, to bring us together, 
we are going to ask that you give us grace as we wrestle with this, and that you give us time to come up with the solution that's going to do the most for the most people. Mm. That is our heart, is to love you all very well. Guys, thank you for being so open today and fielding questions on the fly like this. It takes a real dedication to the word uh, and, and to the body. But thank you for coordinating it. Oh, yeah. 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 Shout out to Keith for all the technical uh, yeah. aspects. Yeah. And anything that went wrong is awesome, my fault. Yeah. So <laughs> send the emails in. Hey, uh, let's pray together, guys. And then uh, we're going to a time of communion and bring Jesse back for another song. Yeah. And then we'll go on with our Sundays. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Yes, we thank you that it is real and that it is true. And, and just as Jesse mentioned earlier, that it is authored by you. Yes, the words that you have given us are authored by you. Thank you for being a God who loves us so much that you wanted to give us your word so that we could get close to you. Yes, Father, help us in these times when we are apart and wrestling with isolation and being away from each other, Lord. Help us to seek you and break our hearts for each other so that we can love each other well. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your gospel. Thank you for your son, for the blood, for salvation, God. You are truly a God who is worthy of all of our honor and our praise. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, God. In name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.